You are listening to the Fringe Radio Network. FringeRadioNetwork.com Listening to Earth Oddity, a weekly odyssey into all the oddity planet Earth has to offer. And now, serving it up are Christopher Tiny Sullivan and John Long. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Earth Oddity Podcast. We thank you so much for joining us, whether you are hiding out in the woods with a bear or whether you are faking your own kidnapping in order to extort $150 from your mom. We thank money. you so much for joining us. Yes, yes. <laughs> Hope you're worth more than 150 You are worth more than $150 if you're listening to this podcast. Yes, you're worth way more to us. Yeah, I'd put it at maybe 165 Yeah, <laughs> ransom for anyone who listens here. That's about all I can come up with, so. Yeah. But uh, just <laughs> bill us and yeah, and take right. checks. Yeah, email that in. <laughs> I'm going to need you to hold the check for a couple of days before you cash it. But we'll do our best to get you out. Yeah. So we got a good good week coming uh, of stories here. It's Super Bowl day actually as we record this. Did we make predictions last week? No, I don't think we did. Right. We we talked about the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. And obviously, I mean this show won't be going up. It'll be over. Right. But well, I thought it might be out, fun to just let's just go ahead and put it on record. Let's and just then ask we'll the asparagus. See. Let's just see. Yeah, that's right. Asparagus. <laughs> Who's gonna win the Super Bowl? <laughs> okay, what does it say? I'm saying I'm saying Patriots are gonna win. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Me too. Although I would be really happy if the Rams won because, you know, I I think it would be cool. Well, once again, you know, if you look at the future, the future changes because right. you looked at it. That's right. We learned that from our old friend Nicholas Cage. Definitely. Well, we got personal a, friend of the show, Nicholas oh yeah. Cage. Oh yeah. Man, he's been on so many times back on those early episodes. You guys <laughs> should check them out if you're listening. Yeah. Like I don't even remember what episode it was. Somewhere between one and like twenty five he was on. Um, and was huge, you know, loved it. Gave us a great interview. I was very impressed he gave us as much, you know, as he did. He yeah. acted like he was our best friend. So he was just as crazy on that interview as he is in his yeah, movies. That's I right. mean, yes. rolling around on the ground, drooling. It well, was kind of scary. <laughs> well, you know, I asked him about Con Air because that's by far his greatest movie he's ever made. Right. Um, where he was an Alabamian, I think, right? I think yeah. so. And, uh, and he enjoyed it. Really, his greatest movie is Raisin Arizona. Have you ever seen Raisin Arizona? I've never seen Raisin Arizona. That movie's so great. I love it. One of my top five movies of all time. Of course, I haven't really watched a movie since about 1998. <laughs> um, so, you know, I don't know what all the new ones are. But anyways, we got to get into it because we got a we got a tight schedule today here in the studio. Um, so I'm just going to start it off right here, not even asking permission. With this story that comes to us from theguardian.com, and it says, uh, UK fish and chip shops are selling endangered sharks, DNA tests prove. <laughs> fish and chip shops and fishmongers, which I always thought fishmonger would be a cool like occupational title. It is. Um, are selling endangered sharks to an unwitting public, according to researchers who use DNA barcoding to identify species on sale. Most chip shop, this that's hard for me to say. Most 
chip shop fish sold under generic names such as Huss, Rock, Flake, and Rock Salmon turned out to be spiny dogfish. Oh, man. Yeah, which is classified as endangered in Europe. By I the thought that was a beer. <laughs> it sounds like an IPA. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the International Union for Conservation of Nature's Red List. Uh, researchers at the University of Exeter also found fins of shark species unknowingly sold by a British wholesaler, including scalloped hammered heads, which are endangered globally, as well as short fin mako and small eye hammerhead sharks. Hmm. Other species sold in fish and chip shops uh, and fishmongers included starry smooth hounds, nurse hounds, and blue sharks. So, it's illegal to catch spiny dogfish in the EU uh, until 2011, or it was illegal until 20, 2011, but the fish is now permitted to be sold as by-catch when it's brought up in the nets that target other species. So if they're going for whatever, right. tuna. When, that's when they drop the net and they just yeah, catch, they catch everything. everything. Right, yes. And they sell what's they sell like tuna and all these other yeah, fish right. that bring in high dollar. Right. And then the rest of it, like spiny dogfish, yeah, just, it gets called whiting or right, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, well, you're exactly. <laughs> um, a, the government allows many shark species to be sold under long-used generic names such as rock, but the researchers are calling for more accurate food labeling, with fish clearly identified at the point of sale to consumers so people know what species they are eating and where it came from. I think that's reasonable. It's reasonable. Know? Yeah, you want to know what you're eating. Uh, it says there are, there are also health issues... Knowing what species you are buying could be important in terms of allergies, toxin, mercury content, and the growing concern over microplastics in the marine food chain. That's everybody using those like straws, of course. <laughs> yes. So fins are more difficult to label because they're removed as soon as the sharks are caught. But Hobbs said that there was still an issue with certain fishermen who don't specifically adhere to the laws of labeling when the fish are uh, landed. Mm-hmm. The discovery of endangered hammerhead shark highlights how widespread the sale of declining species really is, even reaching Europe and the UK, as if they, they're immune to people doing something <laughs> wrong over there. Scalloped hammerheads can be imported under strict conditions, but the wholesaler had no idea what species the fin belonged to. So the study analyzed 78 samples from fish and chip shops and 39 from fishmongers, mostly in South England as well as 10 friends, fins from a wholesaler that sells them to restaurants and specialist supermarkets to get that whole data. Right. Bottom line is, if you're going to Captain D's in England... There's no telling what you're getting. Yeah, you're eating dog fin sharks or <laughs> yes. whatever. I mean, that's just how it is. I guess. I don't know, but... I watched a something on on TV. And, of course, you know it must be true. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yes, on, it on TV. TV. Right, yeah. But a lot of these larger fishing vessels that, that go out for days and days on end mm-hmm. they're like basically a factory on the water right yeah where they bring up the fish in the nets and it's again they're not out fishing for spiny dogfish but if they, they get just one. catch it in the net like they catch everything else right and this these fish are processed right there on the boat and by the time it gets back to shore it's already you know it's on like ice it's frozen to it's right. ready to it's ready to hit the the mail or delivery right. trucks whatever and that's why it's hard to enforce some of these laws, these international yeah. laws about certain fish species and whatnot. Because, again, by the time they get in, I mean, it's who knows what it is. Well, I just want to go on it's record. It's all whiting. 
I just want to go on record and say that I am impressed with your knowledge of the fishing industry. <laughs> yes. Going into the show, I did not know you had so much knowledge on it. I mean, you watch one marathon of, you know, like fishing shows on the Discovery Channel. I guess you're an expert, but that's pretty cool. Well, I don't want to toot my own horn, but yes, I am an expert. That's good. <laughs> Tiny Sullivan, fishmonger. Yes. Also... And you know, orange ruffy. Have you ever had orange ruffy? No, not, not <laughs> who not don't aware. like orange ruffy? I don't even know what that is. It's, one of the, it's a high class fish. Oh, it is that you get it. Like I'm sure Chuck's fish probably oh, sells okay. it. Yeah, and I don't go to <laughs> Captain D's. Is like high class fish for me. Maybe like if it's a special occasion, we'll go to Red Lobster. Yeah. Okay, like well, I just want everybody to know, orange ruffy. Before it was orange ruffy. It was Slimehead. Oh, okay. Had to <laughs> so, change the name. They had to change the name. Marketing. <laughs> exactly. That makes so, sense. It makes perfect sense. Bottom line, if you didn't catch that fish yourself or buy it like whole at a fish market somewhere, there's, there's really no way of no knowing. Way I mean, right. once it once we've processed it into stick form and it's a fish stick, mm-hmm. it could be anything. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, just so be aware, Sadie, you know, <laughs> yes. the, the leader of our UK listeners over there. Be aware, Sadie. I just don't want you to get trapped up and eating the wrong thing that you may not want to eat. So, yes, yeah. All right. This next story. This was this kind of hit the news feed earlier in the week, and we didn't have a chance to talk about it last week. But you said who sent this to us about the the kid? Todd Todd Glover, my my man. Yes, this he one sent me two other stories this week. I'm going to do too. This one comes from Todd Glover. Todd is taking over Wilt's spot. I just want to, <laughs> I mean, just sending a challenge out to Wilt. Okay, three year a boy who was lost in the woods says a bear kept him company, and no one can prove it didn't happen. Okay, I can <laughs> prove it didn't happen. Now, straight up, I can prove it didn't happen. <laughs> well, how do you know it wasn't a bear? It could have been. A colorful bear with like a little smiley face <laughs> like on his tongue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because he's still alive. I mean, that's the number one thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bears aren't like they don't hug you. I'm just just to let you know. They maul you. Yeah. <laughs> Says we may never know what happened to Casey Hathaway during the three days he was missing. He was found on Thursday, cold but alive, in a mess of vines and thorns in Craven County, North Carolina. But the three-year-old has volunteered one noteworthy detail about those days lost in the woods. A bear kept him company. Hmm. He made a comment about having a friend while he was in the woods. His friend was a bear, Major David McFadden with the Craven County Sheriff's Office told CNN Monday. In the emergency room, he started talking about what happened in the woods, and he said he had a friend that was a bear with him while he was in the woods. McFadden said there are bears in the woods of Craven County, but there's no evidence to prove one was with Casey. All that matters, McFadden said, is that something was there to comfort him during those three days. We are very pleased he had that type of comfort. There was very brutal conditions out there. The first night it dropped around 20 degrees. The second night we had two inches of rain. It's really a miracle that this kid survived. Yeah. I don't know if I would have been able to survive 20, 20 degree weather while being cold. I could do it. You maybe well, you were an Eagle Scout. I could do it. Yeah. I, I was only second class. <laughs> <laughs> you could do it too, but yeah, it wouldn't be ideal, especially for no. a kid. Yeah. certainly. Yeah, says the three-year-old boy will undergo a forensic psychological exam this week, but for now, authorities are giving Casey time to recover and settle with his family. He has not been interviewed yet about what happened. He's just a three-year-old boy. McFadden to us said, told the press, "Until we do the forensics exam, we won't have any definitive idea yet." 
Hmm. He was playing with two other relatives in his great-grandmother's backyard Tuesday, but he didn't come inside when the others did, CNN affiliate WTVD reported. His family searched for him for 45 minutes before calling 911, Craven County Sheriff. Chip Hughes said he was walking in the woods back there and we can't find him. His great grandmother told the 911 dispatcher the other ones came through the house, but left him there and he walked off someplace and we can't find him. So Hmm. he was missing for three days. They brought out, you know, dogs. They had helicopters up circling, looking for him. He was missing for three days. Miracle that he was found alive. Right. And he says that a bear kept him company. I don't know about the bear, but yeah. Also, I'm amazed at, I mean, well, I've had three-year-olds, had three three three-year-olds at one point in time in my life, but in 45 minutes, I wouldn't think it would get that far away, but then again, Eric Robert Rudolph, like, hid out in North Carolina for years, and nobody Mm -hmm. ever found him, so... It, and it is very dense brush. I mean, any any southern forest is like that. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of wild. I doubt the bear story, though. <laughs> well, you know, he if he was out there for three days and he didn't have any food, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming maybe he didn't drink water either. Yeah, probably not. He wouldn't know to then drink water. Then he could have been, you know, hallucinating. hallucinating. Yeah. Most definitely. Or. Could have been an angel in the form of a bear. Could have been. Or, <laughs> or, and I'm just going to throw this out here because it leads me into my next story. Could have been Bigfoot. You think so? Might have been. Might have been. Kid doesn't know the difference between a bear and Bigfoot. So Some would argue that adults don't either. (laughs) True. Um, A woman and her family lived in harmony, feeding a clan of Bigfoots. She claimed, "Is it? Have we determined that it's Bigfoots or is it Big Feet when there's multiple?" You know, we talked about that before. According to this article, um, Bigfoots. Bigfoots. So. The concept of Bigfoot seems to be fading further and further into obscurity. I would I would I would challenge that. It's it's on like the history channel every other day. So That's a good point. Hey, wasn't there like a ten million dollar Bigfoot bounty at one point? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So but it says articles and stories from almost ten years ago continue to make headlines. So this is an older story that's kind of gotten a reboot. Right. It says reported in twenty eleven. Uh, that new claims of Bigfoot encounters in rural Michigan and Siberia were adding weight to the debate over the existence of the creature, but the test of time has not stood in favor for the existence of Bigfoot at all. Well, he had to get to North Carolina to keep the kid company, number one. <laughs> says, although recently a Bigfoot video was made in Utah, for instance, the people who made the original video went over to investigate it, and of course it didn't seem to be Bigfoot. Why were people so much more avidly talking about Bigfoot back then around eight years ago? That's a good question. I don't know. But anyways, the really memorable thing that was said back then was by the Nuego County, Michigan woman who said that she had been fully interacting with and even feeding a Bigfoot family of around 10 Bigfoot-like animals who resided in the Michigan woods near her home north of Grand Rapids. I cannot imagine her grocery bill. Yeah, <laughs> 10 was, Bigfoots. She was feeding 10 right. Bigfoots. What you need to do is teach them how to garden, <laughs> right? Like, hey, here's a hoe right here. Yeah. Let's, let's turn some dirt over. The uh, Bible says those who don't work don't eat. That's so right. <laughs> if you want some food, you better get busy. She claims to have fed the Bigfoots for two years. They got fish every day. Could have been uh, spiny dogfish. <laughs> a bucket of fruit and a bucket of dry dog food. 47-year-old Robin Lynn Pfeiffer said at the time. Now, 
Again, that sounds expensive. It would have been all dog food if it was me. <laughs> you know, hey, guys, sorry. If we got some leftover fish sticks, I'll toss them out the back door, but y'all are getting dog food. You know what I would have done? I would have loaded that bucket of fruit up with some Ambien, and I would have went and got that 50 million Bigfoot bounty or whatever. <laughs> their favorite thing, guess what their favorite food is? Hmm. According to Miss uh, Lynn, uh, Robin Lynn Pfeiffer here. Was it Reese's Pieces? No, 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 no. Their favorite thing is blueberry bagels. Oh. Yeah. I, that makes me question Bigfoot right there. If you choose a bagel over a muffin. Those are some of those New York Bigfoot. Yeah, right. Yeah, those Yankee <laughs> New, Bigfoot. New Yorkers Bigfoot. <laughs> if I'm not baking them, I go to different stores to buy them. I tell them they are for feeding wildlife. <laughs> the biggest one I've sat and looked at for 15 minutes was nine and a half feet tall. The large male is all black. Others are beige and white. The biggest footprint is about 18 and a half inches long, she continued. So the rest of this mainstream report, which was actually posted on Fox News back in the day. (laughs) Fair and balanced. Yeah, that's right. Fair and balanced. Uh, (laughs) On such Bigfoot claims would continue in a way you could easily predict with skeptics being cited. Uh, evolutionary scientists and scholars of natural history will wonder how Bigfoot creatures could have survived so long without being detected or leaving behind bones, remains, or DNA. Hmm. So, of course, the skeptics have a point there. I mean, solid point. As a, <laughs> yeah. I believe in Bigfoot, but that's a solid point. I hadn't gotten around that one. <laughs> hadn't found any bones yet or carcasses or anything of them. I mean, you seem like a, like a dog would just drag a leg bone or one of them up, you know. Well, now I have heard some Bigfoot believers say that uh, the big feet, the Bigfoots, they like to bury their dead. Yes, right. Yes, but you still think if they've been, you know, if they've had a culture for all this time and been burying their dead, we still we would find a we still have dug them up, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's that's rough. Unless the Smithsonian is maybe that's all those giant skeletons that the Smithsonian is hiding. That's a good point. (laughs) Maybe that's a very good point. It says it doesn't seem beneficial for any group of people or interest to conceal the existence of Bigfoot from anybody. So it does seem likely to exist. So it doesn't seem like it's likely to exist. That's a solid point too. Like <laughs> what's there to gain hiding the, hiding the knowledge of Bigfoot from all of us. Um, someone, well, if, if we find the Bigfoot, then the Bigfoot might tell us that the earth is flat. So oh, that's it's a good all point. connected. Well, you know, I watched a documentary one time called Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah, and, I remember uh, that. It was like Bigfoot was just like a peaceful, fun-loving guy. Yeah. You know, he would just come live with you. He might destroy some things in your house, but other than that, he's fine. Didn't like hot tubs. No, not a fan. Not a fan of them at all. <laughs> so, so say someone probably would have jumped on the evidence of existence of this creature if it was real. And that's totally true. It would have been like a tourist attraction. Yes. We would have them caged up in a zoo somewhere. I mean, that's just how, that's what we do. That's that's mm-hmm. what we do. So, Lauren Coleman, who's another skeptic, uh, the director of the International Cryptozoology Museum in Portland, Maine, said, all Bigfoot contactees, for some reason, they never take photographs. There's a <laughs> lot of interest in finding these things, but we have to look, uh, look at the credibility of the people feeding us the stories. Well, the Bigfoot, they have a very strict no-flash photography rule. That's right, yes. Well, I mean, they're shy. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, I, I get it. If I'm not looking my best, I don't want you tagging I mean, you me up, in a photo. If you go up to Bigfoot and you're trying to get a selfie, they're, yeah. their entourage is going to step in real quick and say, no, sir, right. no photography. Well, one thing Bigfoot's really like is uh, – Beef jerky, I, I, that's <laughs> always a huge one for them, too. So, 
kind of like your, you know, anybody's uncle in the South. There's you buzz out some beef jerky and they're coming running. So yep. maybe that's what we need to do, Tiny, is just go out to the woods, pop open a bag of beef jerky and just get our cameras ready and see how many photos we can get. <laughs> but anyways, this lady apparently fed them for two years and then I guess they decided to go away. You know, like why would you, it didn't indicate in the article why she stopped feeding them, hmm. but or maybe it was like, hey, my grocery bill's too high, y'all, <laughs> or the government cut back on my disability check and I can't afford it anymore, or whatever it is. So, She's like, look, some of y'all are going to have to go get a job. That's right. And look, then they moved on. That's right. <laughs> they left. That's right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like uh, she's uh, probably like a conservative and was like, hey, the welfare state is <laughs> over, Bigfoots. <laughs> it's time for y'all to do something. And I'm building a wall at the back of my house. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's all uh, about Bigfoot. But it could have been what was helping the little kid. I don't know. Maybe the kid had some beef jerky on him when he went out there. Maybe. You know, a Slim Jim at least, maybe. You snap open a Slim Jim, you might get Bigfoot and Randy Macho Man Savage. <laughs> what if Randy Macho Man Savage is just Bigfoot who's shaved? I don't know. Maybe. I hope I just blew somebody's mind right there. <laughs> probably like half of our audience has no idea. They don't watch wrestling. So, Well, let's see. Speaking of, uh, you know what? I'm not good at segues. So. <laughs> no, let's just keep going with it. Let's make it an awkward segues. Uh, speaking of trying to get something for nothing, okay. South Carolina man allegedly faked his own kidnapping to scam his mother out of money. He told Ooh. her that he wouldn't be killed. Do you know how much this grand ransom he was asking for was? I, I do because you mentioned it in the opening, but <laughs> yes. I'm going to pretend I don't. So how much is it, Tiny? $130. $130. Wow, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was 150 So 130 <laughs> I think I did mention that in our intro. That's okay. So. Nobody remembers that. Uh, but that's wild. 130. You think maybe he like missed a decimal point or something when he was like typing it in or something? Maybe he's like me and he just don't math so good. <laughs> so. A South Carolina teenager has been accused of faking his own kidnapping in an attempt to extort his mother out of just over $100, police say. <laughs> Emmanuel Franken. Okay. 19 years son. old. Al Franken's son. Yeah. Okay. Of Covenant Garden Drive in Sumter was arrested for blackmail on Thursday last week after attempting to carry out the scheme two days prior. Local media outlet WLTX reported, citing information from the Sumter County Sheriff's Office. Mm -hmm. An arrest warrant released this week alleged the suspect had caused his mother to believe that he would be killed by kidnappers if she did not provide the cash demanded from her. The mother, who was not named by the sheriff's office, told deputies that she was contacted by a private cell phone number. So of course. the kid, he, he got him a track phone. <laughs> <laughs> On the call, she heard her son and an unknown voice who said, $130 would have to be placed in a mailbox on Bagnell Drive or her son's life would be at risk. <laughs> $130. Okay. Even if your mother believes that you've been kidnapped, I would you got to be thinking 130 bucks. Right. Who's going to there are some bad people out there, but right. I don't think anyone's out there is going to kill somebody for $130, right. not yeah. because they're not evil or mean, sure, but because it's stupid. You're going to well, risk a life for $130. Sentence for $130? Right. Yeah. No. Well, I mean there are people who will kill folks for $130 like just in a normal robbery when they don't know yes. how much money you have 
But if you're like getting into the the kidnapping and and ransom game, that's a lot more risk. Yeah, and you're going to ask for a lot more. I yeah. mean, it's just I mean that's logic right there. I know. So, Every time I've ever done it, I've started at least $5,000. I mean, at least. And even that, that's if you got, you know, the grandpa. Right. People yes. are probably waiting for him to kill right over anyway. to die anyways. <laughs> They're like, no, he's got way more life insurance. Just go ahead and kill him. <laughs> if you get that, if you get the kid, you know. Yeah. The kid, I mean, that's where you make your money at right there is with the kids. So, yeah. that's, I'm, that's a joke, y'all. We are anti-human trafficking yes. podcasts, okay? We don't like Nazis. We don't like human traffickers. So We're just pointing out how ridiculous yeah, it is that right. there was a $130 ransom. What do you think? Like it went through mom's head when she listened to that. They're like $130? $100, did you say you $130? 130000 or 130 Because I can come up with 130 I just swing by the ATM. I'll leave it in the mailbox. Let little Johnny come on out and get in the car. I mean, if they're asking for $130, do you maybe say, Okay, but I can't leave it in the mailbox. I'm going to need you to come over down to the downtown mall. Yeah, right. And I'm going to need you to meet me in the food court in front of the Chick-fil-A. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. And then if they say no, okay, 200. 200 if you'll meet me you at the mall down. right in front of the Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Pay no attention right. to the armed officers standing <laughs> well, you uh, know, five tables down. What's the thing they say, you know, like if, if you're going to negotiate something, like you have an anchor price you set in that's like a little you want to put that on the table first that right. you but you're willing to work from that price mm-hmm. down that this person apparently this teenager has never read art of the deal by <laughs> the greatest president of the 20th century your favorite president yeah oh yeah everyone's favorite president <laughs> yeah. which is like like let's set that a little higher and then work down to 130 like maybe you go you know 250 300 and if then you want 130 dollars at the yard sale you don't stick 130 dollars right on the box you put 140 or right. 145 you work yes. down from that exactly yeah that's all it is. So it's amazing to me that people are bad at negotiating. <laughs> I say, teenagers are dumb. So. They are. Really, they are. And, and they I, think and they're I know, smart. And I was. Oh, I was really dumb. <laughs> I didn't really get smart until a few years ago, and I'm still not I, very I say, smart. I'm still working on smart. Right. But I'm smarter than I was Way when I was a teenager. Way smarter than I was. <laughs> but I would have known better than to do this. Anyway, it says here that... According to the state, a South Carolina-based newspaper, suspicions were raised after she recognized the mailbox address belonged to the residence of Franklin's father. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> once again, <laughs> you don't use the mailbox no. of an address that that person would know. Right, yes. It's like, what a coincidence, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you probably don't even want to use a mailbox. You want to, or if you do... It's like one of those drop mail drop boxes, but yeah. you've got the hole cut out right. underneath it, and yeah, you escape through the sewer system, like in speed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know that that's the way you need to go. Yeah. It says the WLTX reported Franklin later admitted that he had fabricated the tale to get $130 from his mother. It has not yet been explained why the teenager had needed the money. Also remaining unclear was the identity of the second individual on the cell phone call. Which could have been anybody. Yeah. It could have been a buddy. It could have been well, here's what, Siri. Who knows? Here's what happened. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So somebody was like, all right, little, what's his name? Kevin? Mm-hmm. All right, little Kevin, I'm going to give you this ounce of weed to sell. Oh, it's Emmanuel. Right. Emmanuel oh. Franken. Oh, yeah. Okay. Here Franklin. you go, Emmanuel. 
going to give you this ounce of weed to sell right here. Um, I know you don't have enough money, but just give me the money back once you sell it. I need to get rid of it. So Emmanuel just like smokes some of it, and he comes up short, $130. Yeah. He needs it. He's got the guy who gave him the weed on his back about it. They come up with this plan. Let's just get it from your mom. We'll say you got kidnapped or whatever. And that's the other guy that's on the phone right there. I, I mean, I hate to crack the code for the police and everybody else, but that's exactly what happened. So, yeah, because he's uh he's like a teenager. They're probably selling weed to people for 130 bucks a quarter. So he probably should just just asked his mom for 130 dollars. Exactly. Hey, mom, I need 130 dollars for a uh, Letterman's jacket or whatever. One, one you Saturday, know. you know, ran around the neighborhood trying to cut yards. Yeah. I mean, hey, dad gum, you could probably just beg for money. Right. Downtown. Well, do what and I, at the end of the day, asking everybody for a dollar, you can yeah. get $130. I would go around and ask people, like, hey, are you going to eat lunch today? And like, no, but like, hey, can I borrow your 250 or whatever? Because this is before <laughs> we had lunch accounts. Yeah. And they'd give me that money. And then I would go buy whatever I wanted to buy or needed to buy with it at the time. You know, come on, like 10 bucks a day doing that. Because people are like, sure, that's 250 My mama gave it to me. I don't even care, you know? Because I, I lived pretty good doing that in high school. So, you know? It's like, all right, man. Yeah, if you're not going to eat it, I know we're having, you know, whatever, pork chops that you don't like, pork chops and gravy. So let me just get that 250 from you. <laughs> like, I, 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 I was on Easy Street for several years there doing that. <laughs> No one ever wised up to it either. <laughs> you know, I never paid anyone back. No one ever asked me to pay them back. So they well, didn't care. It was their mom's money. You didn't ask. You didn't ask to borrow it. You just. No, asked I always said borrow. It. Oh, you said borrow. Yeah, okay. I always said borrow. It, nobody's keeping a tab though. <laughs> right. You know, so if I needed to come up with like ten dollars, I could get ten dollars for them. But I may have borrowed fifty from them over the course of a year. So man, there was this dude that works down at the plant, and I'm not going to name any names. But he had this thing where he would he was always asking to borrow money, you know, ten dollars, twenty dollars, whatever. Mm-hmm. And everybody in the department got to talking about it. They got to add it up, and he had like you know over like I want to say like two or three grand wow. that he had borrowed from all these people, and he never paid any of it back. Of so eventually, people caught on and like, no, I'm not giving right. you any money. Yeah, but he was uh, he was selling Boston butts for he said one of his kids, you know football team something yeah they do these yeah. fundraisers and he paid he paid the guy like i think thirty dollars you know for a boston butt and but then he never got it and he kept asking him for it and he would always be like oh yeah man it's coming or i got it at the house in the freezer just you know we'll get, i'll get it to you he never got it oh so one one weekend he was needing off for the weekend but he didn't have any vacation time and so he asked the guy if he would work for him he would swap with him and work it and he said hey man i'll give you i'll give you fifty dollars if you work for me he said okay so he went and he filled out all the paperwork, and they they cleared it and all this other stuff, and they got it. And then he goes to get his money, and he gives him twenty dollars. Oh! And he said, "I thought you said fifty. He's like, "Well, that other thirty was for that Boston butt that I never got." <laughs> <laughs> and he just looked at him and said, "All right, you got me." <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, people are uh, crazy like that. You know how to do that. I hadn't talked to him in years. One day called me at the restaurant out of the blue. I was like, Hey man, I need $300. And I was like, sure, man, you know, come on by. I got it. No, no worries. And he's like, I'll pay you back on Friday. You know, I just got this press and whatever with our power getting right. cut off or something. Be back in on Friday. Never talked to him again. <laughs> See him on Facebook all the time. Never <laughs> mentioned it. He's never mentioned it to me. He may listen to this podcast. So you know who you are and you owe me $300. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's fine if you don't ever pay me back because you may have needed it more than me to do whatever. I don't care if you bought crack with it. It's mm-hmm. fine, you know. But I just want you to know that but I now remember. we need some crack. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, well, speaking of crack. <laughs> okay, okay, here we go. Speaking of segues, this is a really good article to me. Uh, the way it's written, I'm just going to read it as it's written. If you don't like the opinions expressed in this article, just know they're not necessarily my opinions. Uh, They may be, though. You don't know what my opinion (laughs) is, so I'm just going to throw it out there. Undercover police poses as drug dealer to arrest undercover police posing as drug buyers. (laughs) Um, As long as police officers are eager to dress up and undermine the liberty of individuals for ownership of a plant, headlines will be created regarding the absurdities of the drug war. (laughs) That's opening paragraph right there. I wonder... First of all, I, really, I love all our police officers if you're listening. All right, I just want you to know. But I'm really curious as to the uh, the political leanings of the, the author of this article here. Yeah, right, you yes. Know, I'm not sure. Right. Well, I bet you he's got a MAGA hat he's wearing right now. Um, for years, dis- distinct tales of police posing as drug buyers, unintentionally arresting different governments posing as drug dealers have circulated. It's been multiple stories. Among the latest examples of the happening was in November 2017 when Detroit undercover cops had specially had a specially heated episode where both sides were undercover. On the east side of Detroit, undercover cops out of two different precincts got into a turf war, as clarified by a local Fox 2 Detroit News post. Near the notorious 7th Mile Street, which is just right up the road from where Eminem grew up on 8 Mile. <laughs> yeah. uh, two special ops officers from Detroit's 12th precinct were pretending to be selling dope simply to arrest users that attempted to purchase from them and seize their vehicles. So that's in quote-unquote, seize their vehicles. Gotcha. Yeah. Which, by the way, don't know. this is totally beside the point, but I don't know if you saw that, like, the Supreme Court ruled that Tuscaloosa's policy of impounding cars was unconstitutional. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Did not say that. So if they came and arrested you for something and they thought the car may have been involved in the crime, mm-hmm. whether they had evidence that it was or wasn't, they would impound it and be able to search it. So right. they were just searching people's cars left and right, like, for no reason, really. But anyways. Yeah, I, I, again, I support law enforcement. Absolutely. But I think I agree. That is. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, it's just on the shady side. That's too much power. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Hey, we're trying to get the bad guys, and we're trying to do our best job. And it's a difficult job. But let's not trample. Let's not just, you know, be searching people's cars just because you say it may have been involved. Like the president said, law and order. That's right. <laughs> we're a country of laws. That's right. <laughs> anyways. Don't, don't go beyond your uh, your scope there. Back to uh, back to our article. It says, so instead of encountering users, they encountered other special ops officers from the 11th precinct. So you got a good old 12th versus 11th precinct <laughs> battle here. They demanded that the other undercover cop who was selling to, to get on the floor and nobody wanted to defuse the situation before it escalated into a physical altercation. Guns were drawn, punches were thrown, and Dang. internal affairs stated they had executed an investigation, investigation, but it's been quiet since. 
That's another thing. Like we got the police always inve- investigating the police. You know, it seems like we should have a an outside agency. Like maybe me and you should be the people who investigate the police department. We should. Yeah, we really should. I bet you would pay good. You get like one of those government contracts or something, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would just if you're listening. Not to, police, to mention all like the kickbacks we would get, and special saying. favors from cops. Yeah, I'm on like, top of our salary. I'm totally we get open. Bribes yeah, from the totally law open to bribes. <laughs> oh man, totally. Um, body camera was obtained showing two obtained showing two groups of cops shouting, pushing each other, and throwing hands a little bit. Throwing hands. Yeah. They appeared to be like Keystone cops, someone commented. Uh, uh, fictional police officers depicted in comedic, comedic silent films. If you didn't know, that's what those were. <laughs> so, anyways, this type of thing's gone on a lot. So, uh, in North Carolina, a uh, county sheriff's department deputy attempted to bust other cops by buying drugs from those undercover officers. They got like a whole list of how many times this has happened. <laughs> so it seems like we could coordinate this a little better, police people out there. That's a good point. Yeah. Like, again, like you said, I understand that these cops are undercover and nobody can know about it because if the bad guys know, yeah. they could do something really bad to the undercover cops. Totally I've seen could. movies. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely <laughs> but, they could. But Dangerous. I mean, they should know I don't know. There should be some kind of secret handshake or or something, yeah, right? You know, I would I would think so too. I mean, it just to me it seems like it could be solved with like a couple of phone calls. You know, right. hey, hey, everybody in neighboring counties. You know, here we don't have well, we got precincts in Tuscaloosa, mm-hmm. but you know, hey, we're we're about to work this whole thing, and we're going to stand on the corner and we're going to catch teenagers buying weed or whatever. Because they're dangerous and we need to get them off the streets. Uh, so just to let you guys know, we're going to be in this location. But see, just then you got up. Officer Long on the force and he's got some friends and he's going, he's like, hey, y'all don't buy any drugs from so-and-so <laughs> this weekend on this corner. Maybe so. But that's the risk you would take. <laughs> and then it gets out. To avoid, right. you know, by, you know, like having cops fighting each other over Really nothing over them doing their jobs. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I will say the war on drugs has been long and drawn out, and it seems like we haven't made a lot of progress. No. So, uh, we may want to rethink some things. I would say it's been about as uh, it's been about as effective as prohibition was. Yeah, yeah, real effective, real effective. Yeah, and so you know, we might just want to rethink how we approach this. I'm not saying we got to legalize anything. You know, I'm not going on record for any of that. Yes, uh, kids, drugs are bad. Absolutely, you know, bad. don't misunderstand us. Yes. But when you try to tell people, and it's just human nature, but you mm-hmm. tell people they can't do something, that makes them want to do it that much right. more. Right. That leads to an underground demand for uh, illegal product, and we have unwittingly through this war on drugs we have funded some of the largest and most powerful and most evil FYI yeah. cartels in the world absolutely when, I mean ruthless <laughs> when really I mean maybe we should just tax it you know maybe so I mean I don't know I don't know I don't know where you draw the line at it you right. know in fact there was a radio commercial on today one of the the local CBS station I think tomorrow is going to do uh a whole day, like every newscaster, will do a segment on medical marijuana, which is amazing that they're even a, discussing right. it in Alabama because we don't allow anything fun to happen in Alabama ever, uh, unless it's like an after church dinner. <laughs> but uh, 
But anyway, so that's going to be on the news. And so I don't know where you draw the line at medical marijuana, recreational marijuana, heroin, you know, crack. Like, mm-hmm. where, what do we want to have legal and not legal? Now, I know all the, the potheads in the world are like, marijuana is all we want, you know. But I don't know how much that's going to solve in the true war on drugs. Because I don't think outside of, you know, major trafficking busts, they're mm-hmm. not really cops aren't really trying to bust anybody smoking weed right like undercover operations Mm -hmm. you know now if you're riding around in your car and they pull you over and you smell like weed and they search your car and you got you know three grams of weed in the console well yeah you're gonna get in trouble it's against the law but their intent wasn't to bust you for for smoking weed their intent was you ran a red light and they pulled you over and it, and it reeks of weed because you bought really good weed and or you were driving 25 and a 55 yeah maybe so right (laughs) I think they're more looking for, you know, hard drugs. Yeah. Although, I mean, I do know many of people who have been busted for selling weed. I think the number one thing to do to combat this is education. You just got to let yeah. the public know. You just got to talk about the dangers. Yeah, and, absolutely. And some drugs are worse than Way others. Way worse, yeah. And, and alcohol is worse for you than, absolutely. than you know, some stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but, cigarettes. Uh, but you know what? If everybody would just look at the pictures of, of people who've – you know, use meth yeah. for long periods of time. Yeah, not I a think, good thing. I think most teenagers probably wouldn't be that interested in meth. Right. You know? Yeah, no, definitely shouldn't be. I mean, common sense. But then again, you know, people make mistakes. And, right. and you know, they, they may know the dangers and may – we're all all humans, regardless of what it is, are very prideful and think, yes. oh, it's not going to happen to me. I'm not going to lose all my money in a restaurant venture because I know what I'm doing, you know, <laughs> or I'm not going to gain all this weight back that I lost because I know what I'm, I can handle all this. And the right. next thing you know, it blows up on you. <laughs> so we're all, we all have that in us. And so for the kid who's just like growing up in fed Alabama where there's nothing else to do and you're like, I don't smoke <laughs> a little meth, you know, what's the harm? It's just one time and whatever. The next thing you know, it snowballs into You've lost all your teeth. You've got a rest record. You're stealing car stereos to fund your mm-hmm. habit. And it happens quickly, and that's the sad thing about it. So, anyways, all of that, just say, kids, don't use drugs. Cops, maybe maybe shoot out an email. Like, yeah. you know, hey, we're going to be doing this here today. Let your guys go somewhere else and do their thing. Get an Xbox. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's really fun to play when you're high. So just just remember that. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I didn't have Xbox back when I was getting high. We had Nintendo 64. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. We, well, you got another story? Yeah. Uh, All right. We're, we're, we're bumping up on time, aren't we? I know you yeah, that's cool. We got, we got it a little bit. Let's see. Really quickly, zoo allows people to name roaches after their exes. Absolutely. A zoo in England has come up with a new no, uh, you what? <laughs> a zoo in New England has come up with a unique new fundraising idea just in time for Valentine's Day. For a few dollars, you can name a cockroach after your ex. Excellent. You can also name a bug after your friend's ex. <sighs> the Helmsley Conservation Center is asking for a two dollar and seventy cent donation. The HCC weird amount. <laughs> it is kind of oddly yeah. specific. Weird there. amount. <laughs> the HCC is offering the chance to name a cockroach in honor of your or your friend's worthless ex, someone on this special holiday of love. The center wrote in a Facebook post: "The name of each cockroach will be placed on a board at the facility." 
But the roaches could also gain social media fame. Ooh. The Hemsley Conservation Center will be highlighting photos of cockroaches named after X's on its Facebook page. The zoo plans to post a photo with X's names on February 14th. Want to donate and name a roach? You can do it here. And it has a little link right here. And I believe I'm going to click on this link, and I'm going to pay $2.70 to name a cockroach the Bible Belt Bros Podcast. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't – it's been so long since I've had an ex that I don't, I don't even, you know, have any ill will towards any of them, but – I guess if you had a really bad experience, you could do it. I'm sure it'll just be first names. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, how many Donald Trumps do you think they'll get? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they should have just went with that. Like, name a cockroach Donald Trump for $500,000, and somebody would have done it. <laughs> Celebrities would have been all about it. All about it. Right. Yeah. I mean, you get two of them together, that's like two fifty dollars a piece. Speaking of which, for $5,000, you can name a cockroach. Uh, Donald Trump here at the Earth Oddity exactly. Podcast. Yes, yes. So, exactly. Our PayPal is Odd Squad sixty nine. Just you know, hit, that, hit it up. Let's just hit it up, Odd Squad sixty nine. Yeah, we take all that donations. Let's move on to community news here. All right, all right, ready? Community news. You can leave that in there. We don't have any sound effects right now in studio, so uh, we want to thank our sponsor, World Famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice, for their support. Check them out at CajunCurl.com. You can order their spice and their Cajun Curl chip cutter right there on CajunCurl.com. If you didn't know, which you probably already do, but if you don't, <laughs> it was created on the Elm Bayou in Evangeline Parish, Louisiana. The very romantic Elm Bayou. The very romantics where you go out in the rowboat in the, oh, what do they call this? Out the bayou? Yeah, what do they call those boats down there? Airboat? No. Nah, well, yeah, an airboat would have worked. Yeah. <laughs> an airboat with your honey and, uh, and on the Elm Bayou. Your, ear, your ear, hearing protection. Yes. If you like cooking or eating, this is a spice for you. Cajun Curl Bayou Bended Spice goes well with chicken, beef, pork, potatoes, and anything else you can think of putting it on. Their spiral potato cutter is absolutely amazing. It's easy to use, it's easy to clean, and it'll allow you to make your own chips using the Cajun Curl Spice. On the website, which was CajunCurl.com, in case you forgot the other times I've mentioned it in this ad read, um, you can not only order the Bayou Blended Spice and the Chip Cutter, but you can find great recipes there too. So if you're not a very inventive cook, they got oh they already got stuff lined up for you. You just got to be able to follow directions, which is about how I cook. Um, you can also locate your nearest retailer, or you can order your own. If your local grocer doesn't carry world famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice, ask them to start stocking it now. All of their products are made in the USA, so not only do you enjoy the taste of Cajun Curl, but you feel patriotic while you enjoy your meal. It's all natural, it's low salt, it has a little kick to it, but it doesn't burn your lips. Just want to throw this in here too, crawfish season, firing up right now. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, everybody's pumped up. It's getting fired up, about to be eating crawfish all over. So go ahead and get you some Cajun Curl, turn your next boil up, and it's going to make a difference, you know? It's going to change your life. Everybody who comes is going to be happy with you. So let's, I mean, go ahead and stock up now if you're out there. Yeah. 
I'm sure Sadie in England is like, what? Are, they eat crawfish? <laughs> they do. You know, they do, and they're delicious. So, world famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blend of Spice. Taste the spice, but not the heat. CajunCurl.com. Check them out and use the promo code EOP10 to get a 10% discount. We ask that you use the spice, but we don't ask you to pay full price. Boom. That's right. All right. All right. So, for community news, we have a review here. And this comes from January 15th of this year, rated five stars. I just love it. This comes from C. John 7777. Okay. So All right. Somebody's hit the jackpot here. A little heavy on the sevens. <laughs> As a fellow podcaster who struggles finding podcasts I actually like, this one here is a diamond amidst the cow pasture. Okay. Thank you so much, C. John's 7777777. And we certainly feel as though we hit the jackpot with your review, sir. Yes. And I guess, you know what, I'll just go ahead and shout out his podcast. It's, uh... Oh, dang. Probably should have <laughs> fix that. The Reckless Pursuit Podcast. Oh, yeah. So, Reckless Pursuit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Excellent podcast. Yes. Yeah. This is great. You, 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 we love it. All right. And I guess that's... Uh, <laughs> now are you ready to wrap it up? I guess that's it. You, yeah. got, a, you got a Deacon's meeting to go to. I do. So we got to wrap this up. I do. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Remember to tell your friends about it. Just pick one friend out of yeah. all the friends you have, which I'm sure are many, mm-hmm. because we have the greatest listeners, and they're all popular. And just tell them about this episode. Tell them about your favorite episode. Tell them about your least favorite episode. Show them how to download it, and let them start listening to us. And then you guys have something to talk about. At the very least, you can make fun of Tiny and I. Absolutely. For all the mistakes we make and mispronunciations and mm-hmm. stupid stuff that I say. You can laugh about my personal life and all the intimate <laughs> details that I probably shouldn't repeat in public, but I do for yeah. hundreds of people to listen to each week. So yes. please just tell one person that's all we're asking you to do as a repayment for, for listening, yeah. for, for, for you know the enjoyment you may get out of this. So, And if you would like to email the show, we are earthoddity at planetmail.net. You can tweet at us. We are at underscore Earth Oddity on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like pictures, sometimes we post pictures. Sometimes. You can look at those pictures at underscore right. Earth Oddity on Instagram. That's right. We put pictures up about as often as we tweet. <laughs> but we're getting we're getting better. I feel attacked sometimes. <laughs> just say it. All right. But yeah, we're getting better. We're getting better. We also have a phone number. What's that phone number? That phone number is 662-493-2059. That's 662-493-2059. It's been a while since anybody's called in, so call in and and leave us a message right now. Yeah. Right. Do it. Uh, We thank you all for listening to us. We hope everyone has a great week. Earth Oddity for the Fringe Radio Network signing off. Love you all. Bye. has been a very odd production. Thanks for listening.
Oh, P.S. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned to the Instagram. If you're not on Instagram or if you are on Instagram, make sure you go follow our Instagram because we got some things in the works. Oh, yeah. Now that sounds kind of cryptic, but... Uh, it's in the works. It's in the works, it's and it's going to be awesome. It's so. going to be great. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye.